A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to try to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled, quote, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been deceived by the Magi, he became furious. He ordered the massacre of all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity two years and under, in accordance with the time he had ascertained from the Magi. Then was fulfilled what had been said to the Jeremiah the prophet, a voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing and loud lamentations, Rachel weeping for her children, and she would not be consoled since they were no more. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jake, Jacob had few wives. One of his wife was was uh, Rachel, and it was at Ramah that they were being persecuted, and her children were taken away from her, and they were killed. So that was just placed in there in, in the Old Testament. A voice was heard in Ramah, which was Rachel crying for her children. But I think until it was fulfilled in the New Testament, it was just something to remember. Then... We have Matthew, who has this uh, great appreciation for what we call the, the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, and applying the Old Testament stories to Jesus, or the New Testament, being fulfilled when Jesus came. So he associates this day, the slaughter of the innocents, with Rachel losing her children in tears. Slaughter of the innocents. It's nothing new. Hate, greed, power kills and hurts. It's happening now as we speak in the Middle East. It happened earlier in this year, a few weeks, months ago, when innocent people were attacked, kidnapped, children were destroyed. Families were broken apart by the attacks on the innocent Israelis in, in the Holy Land. Again, I emphasize the Holy Land. That phrase is so ironic because that's where today it's all happening. Disasters are happening. Hurt, pain, hate is happening and flourishing. And I'm not saying it's Israelis. I'm not saying it's the Palestinians. Politically, you know who it is. The leaders of certain people attacking the leaders of other people. With one nation say, saying that nation should no longer exist, and the other nation saying that nation should no longer exist. And you would think, after 2,000 years for us, but 5,000 years for the people of Israel, for the Jews, there would finally be peace there 
in the Holy Land, but it doesn't exist. And today is just an example of those who get caught in the crossfire, the children. Now, we, we've heard plenty of recent reports on the news media of how children and families are being destroyed and killed and bombed. And we think that's, that's a modern phenomenon. And that kind of slaughter, yes, is a modern phenomenon. But the f phenomenon of hate is not new. It goes on since the time of Herod. And Herod was a nut. I mean, he was a narcissistic king and puppet of the Roman Empire. He was placed as, quote, king of the Jews by the Romans who took over the land. And in order for him to keep his role and his title and probably his money and his possessions, he had to play the game. He had to allow the Romans to keep the land, occupy the land, impose tax on the land, and his kingdom was threatened. So he was threatened. So he was always a little paranoid looking over his shoulder from the reports of him and also the, later on his son, Herod Antipas. Herod, the great, the one we're talking about now, was king when Jesus was born. Antipas, his son, was Herod and king when Jesus was crucified. So the family comes together in a very bizarre, dysfunctional way. And, and having given us their heritage, their name, in disgrace, it goes down in history. The Herod families were, were just paranoid, power-hungry megalomaniacs. How does Jesus get into that? God watches over us. And boy, we want that every day. We want God to intervene in history every day. We want God to intervene and bring peace to the people of Israel, peace to Ukraine, peace to our own families. And we don't get God responding to us like we have very obviously here, the intervention. The, whole, the angel goes to, to Joseph, wakes him up, take the kid and get out of here, go to Egypt, flee because Herod's going to kill him. It doesn't happen. But the interventions do come to us. The Holy Spirit does speak to us. Very often, we as a society and as a church have our ears covered. We don't want to hear the Holy Spirit. We don't want to hear the judgment of peace. We don't want to hear the judgment of justice and equality. We'd rather follow the human path of greed and, and accumulation and power. And we suffer for that. And I say we, not Christians only, but the world. Middle East is a good example of that. Ukraine is another good example of that. Sections of Africa, another good example of that. Where people rise up and run the world from their perspective, not from God's perspective. And that's a challenge, because we do everything in our own perspective. We wake up in the morning, have breakfast, come to church, all from our own perspective. But my philosophy is, by your coming to church, you were inspired this morning to come by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, maybe not out loud in our ears, but the Holy, speaks to us, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in our hearts, in our actions. 
That's why the balance today in, in the readings is so, so obvious. And, and John makes a major point of that. You can't act Christian and not be Christian. You can't just play the game. You can't just say, I'm Christian. You have to say, I'm Christian and I acknowledge my sinfulness. I acknowledge my dependence on Jesus. And John goes on and on in his letters about the truth of our words. We haven't gotten there yet as a world community following the voice of God that appeals to us through the scriptures and through history. We have a journey to continue. And regrettably, as we continue our journey, the poor suffer more than the average person, the children suffer more than the average person, and the list goes on. So it's a day of martyrdom. We wear red. It's a day of remembering all the innocent children of the world. And it's a day, again, to reinitiate our efforts at peace.